Tigers end their four-game losing streak with a win in Milwaukee. Let's talk about it, baby. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. All righty. We got a ball game to go over, a Tigers victory at that to go over. Haven't been saying that a whole lot lately. But we do today. The Tigers win 4-2 to two in Milwaukee. Big win, Milwaukee. The Brewers have gotten off to a really, really hot start uh, so far this season. One of the better teams in the National League. Behind the Pittsburgh Pirates, however, who have gotten off to a crazy start. But that's a conversation for uh, mid-May when we play the Pirates. Uh, which is now, you know, it's funny going into the season. You're like, oh, if you can just get through the first six weeks. Then eventually you play the Pirates afterwards. And now that's looking like maybe the tough schedule is just to be extended a little bit. Regardless, okay? Tigers win on Monday night. And that is what we are talking about today. Um, you know, I, I want to start with the bullpen being great again. Uh, We talked about it yesterday and how, you know, really quietly because the offense has been making the the news and the headlines about being awful, which it rightfully deserves. And we'll talk about that a little bit later too. Um, But but the bullpen has very quietly been really, really solid over the last week or week and a half. Like it's been, been like surprisingly impressive since, uh, the end of the Toronto series, really since that like big Trey Winginter implosion. Um, and, and even like around then, it wasn't, I don't know, it, it's been really solid lately. And uh, it, it's it's honestly, I mean, I love it. I, I guess that's not really like a, like a hot take. But um, Jose Cisnero in this one, really good. One inning pitch, zero hits, runs, walks, or strikeouts, just one inning pitched, and, and that's all she wrote. No other stats to speak of. Uh, I thought that this was the best he had looked all season. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I genuinely think that's his best outing of the year. The best inning he has uh, pitched this season. Two-seamer sinker thing that he's got going on was topping out at 97 miles an hour. That slider has had better shape than I think it's had maybe all year. Uh, I truly think that this was his best outing of the season, which was nice to see. But yeah, Velo a tick up, and uh, the slider wasn't just like a nothing change of speed pitch. It actually had some some movement and some some shape to it. Uh, Tyler Holton, one inning pitch, no hits, runs, walks, or strikeouts for him either. I mean, it was like a five pitch inning. So, like, I don't know how repeatable that is necessarily, but he threw four different pitches in his five pitch inning, so that's solid. We'll take that too. Uh, Jason Foley, one inning pitched, no hits, runs, walks, or strikeouts for him. The sinker topped out at like 98 miles an hour in this one for Jason Foley. He's just so good at getting ground balls. He's incredible. We've been on this wave since like May of 2022. 
We've been talking about how uh, how much I, I like Jason Foley and how much of a weapon I think he can be. Um, and you're, we're starting to really see that in a big way this season because uh, we're kind of forcing him. Forcing isn't well, – maybe it kind of is the right word. Last year, even with that ability to, to have that really effective sinker and get those ground balls, last year he was at best the fifth best pitcher in that bullpen, right? Just because you had – the four-headed monster at the top in Fulmer, Chafin, uh, uh, geez, Fulmer, Chafin, Gregory Soto, Joe Jimenez, goodness gracious. Um, and so, and then like Alex Lang was in that pen for the second half for, well, for most of the year as well. Like that was a legitimately lethal bullpen. Like we're going to look back at that even as more and more time goes on and be like, dang, that was, that was a really, really good pen. And um, so Foley goes from like the fifth or sixth best reliever on the team to like maybe the first <laughs> at worst, the second. So we're seeing him in higher and higher leverage situations this year. Uh, like, obviously he he's gonna have some outings where, because just the nature of the sinker ball and, and the nature of ground balls aren't going to always going to be ground outs. Right. So like, he's going to have some frustrating like outing at some point where, uh, you know, people are going to be like, oh, like he, look at him. He sucks. He gave up, you know, th four hits in a row and they're all going to be like ground balls that just find their way through the infield. Like those outings are coming and they're going to happen, but um, I, I don't care. Like that, that's such an insane weapon to have somebody just get you. He's like an 81% ground ball rate. Like to have someone in your pen, that's a guaranteed ground ball is insane. Like I, I couldn't even tell you the last time. I saw somebody like legitimately lift the baseball against Jason Foley. Like he, even for like routine flyouts at that, like just it, it's such an effective downhill spinny pitch that sinker is. I, I, I cannot stress how much of a weapon I think he is in any bullpen. I think everybody, 29 other teams would love to have Jason Foley in their pen. And, uh, and, and we are fortunate enough that he is in ours. So um, definitely uh, another really, really solid. Again, 98 was topping out at today. When he was at 97 in spring, I was like, whoa. Now he's topping out at 98, man. Just a, a really, really hot start to the year for him. Alex Lang, one innings pitched, no hits, walks, or runs, two strikeouts. A little help from the umpire there in the Telez AB. We, we can call it what it is. Little, little help. Uh, was 3-1 through a high curveball. Pretty clearly a ball high and outside, maybe. Definitely outside. But we'll take it. Uh, this this team has has certainly gotten every team has gotten the short end of the stick sometimes from umpires and, and had it been in their favor. That's just how baseball works. The beautiful game. Um, but he's so nasty. He's so nasty. And like from from outside of those four pitches, which I guess like is kind of a decent amount of his outing. But um, he, he's just he can be effectively wild. It's just when he's not effectively wild that it gets a little shaky. But in this one, uh, I think he kind of was in control, was effectively wild throughout the whole thing. Um, even the Yelich, you know, that was a can of corn out in the outfield. So uh, just so nasty that that it's so hard to not swing at that power curveball, knuckle curve, whatever you want to call it, that he has. Just one of the most devastating curveballs in the entire game of baseball. And uh, that's also in our bullpen, which is fun to say. Um, so yeah, the bullpen, it just continues to piece its way together lately. Uh, still April, still a lot of concerns about, uh, some of these guys ability to make it through an entire season. Like for me personally, and, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have still some, 
uh, like like Tyler Holton, uh, while he's been impressive, uh, he's not going to have a zero ERA this season. So like we we still got some question marks uh, for sure over the long term. But uh, I mean we're coming up on one month into the season and and out after the first whatever week and a half when the bullpen was absolutely horrific, they've been really solid ever since. And you got to tip the cap to them uh, and this pitching coaching staff, which continues Nieves, Fetter, Lund just uh, seems like a really, really amazing three-headed monster of a pitching uh, coaching staff that we have in Detroit and uh, that we, we should be fortunate for that. So, uh, yeah, great. Thumbs up for the bullpen. Thumbs up, boys. Continue to uh, to look really sharp out there. And, yeah, that's awesome. So let's get to the starting pitcher in this one, which was Matthew Boyd. We will talk about his start, the, the very on-brand start for Matthew Boyd. But first, I have to tell y'all about our friends over at where BetterHelp. We are talking about BetterHelp again today. We talked about them yesterday as well. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. It's something that I have talked about in my very open relationship with therapy. Um, and, you know, we're, we're always growing and changing. And I think that that's something that, is very uh, not talked about. Like there, there is always room for improvement. There is always room for growth. And there is always room to learn more about yourself. And that's just what therapy is, deepening your self-awareness and understanding of you. Uh, because sometimes we don't know what we want or we don't know why we do things in certain situations. And that's all kind of what therapy is about. I think there's a pretty common misconception of what it is about out there. And, and that's my belief of of, of what therapy can provide you and, and better help connects you with a licensed therapist who can make, who can rather take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Uh, it's really, really awesome. If you're thinking about starting therapy, I, I recommend giving better help a try. Uh, it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to fit your schedule completely you just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. I, I as someone who's been, I've been going to therapy for, geez, five, six years now, I want to say. And uh, as someone who has, has been going through this process a lot, I, I cannot stress how awesome it is to have like no pressure to switch therapists. Finding the right person is so unbelievably important. And being able to do that anytime with no additional charge is a great feature that BetterHelp has. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MLB. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that truly do make us their first listen every day. Tomorrow, we're going over game two of the Brewers series, hopefully with another win. Where you go, hey, you win game one, you got a chance to win the series. You got two games to win the series, and that's a team with one of the better records in the entire game of baseball. So we'll gladly take that. If they just didn't get swept, that's really it. Like if you look over the course of the season, if you just take all the sweeps and give us one win, like still series losses, still like just don't get swept. You're you're, you're talking about a team that's that's like weirdly close to 500 ball at the moment, but like when they lose series, they get swept, 
And and when they win series, they they win two one. So um, yeah, <laughs> whatever. That's a conversation for a different day. We'll talk about that later. Um, let's keep talking about this ball game though. Matthew Boyd, very 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 on brand. Matthew Boyd start um, five innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, eight strikeouts, two home runs against, eighty seven pitches in just five innings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on brand i'm gonna say it for like the millionth time already uh 19 whiffs that is an unbelievably impressive number in any start nonetheless in just five innings 19 whiffs for matthew boyd 16 called strikes is also a really good number that led to a 40 percent csw percentage on the outing which is fantastic CSW percentage called strikes plus whiffs percentage, all strikes that aren't foul balls. 40% of his pitches were called strikes or whiffs. In an 87 pitch five inning outing, that is very impressive. Two separate times, though, he struck out the side while giving up a solo homer because that's just the Matthew Boyd that that we know and we have become accustomed to over the last five or six years right so uh the velo and spin were up like across the board all pitches which was really nice to see a uh, couple of ticks in the velo and quite a lot in the spin couple of hundred rpms in the spin too really good to see we talked about a lot in the preseason Let, let's talk about his pitch mix because uh in spring training and leading up to the year we had talked a lot about utilizing his changeup a lot to righties right like we he, he really likes to go fastball slider to lefties he doesn't really throw the changeup against lefties and likes to utilize that a lot more against righties and today we saw that uh at a pretty healthy clip and pretty effectively at times as well again 87 pitches not very efficient we'll talk about that in a sec but 40 fastballs 21 sliders 13 changeups and the changeups had a 46% CSW percentage. So really, really effective pitch in this one. And then 12 curveballs with a 58% CSW percentage on the curve. So for a guy that for a lot of his career has been talked about as a two-pitch guy that maybe can offer a third sometimes, in this game he had four legitimately good pitches all working at the same time. So I loved the pitch mix in this game. It was it, it was beautiful. Chef's kiss, okay? And the velo was up really solid. The stuff looked fantastic. Um, the issue was what it's always been. A, it's April, and we're very aware that Matt Boyd has a tendency to get off to like really strong starts, be really good in the first half, and then kind of dwindle as the season goes along. So we have to always keep that in the, in the back of the noggin there uh, in April starts, but also just inconsistent command. And not to the point where he has high walk numbers. He's never been a, a super high walk rate guy, which is one of the reasons why I think Scott Harris is, is, has signed him twice in two years. Um, but I, I also, it, it, not I also, it, it causes deep counts, consistent deep counts. 87 pitches in five innings is not an efficient ball game. Um, now, gave winning pitcher like gave yourself a, gave your team a chance to win uh like an uh, effective i guess you can be effective but not efficient i guess that's fair but like just a lot of deep counts a lot of deep counts and um i, I you know 
the bases loaded inning as well certainly didn't help. I really wasn't too upset with that inning, to be honest with you, as far as like, you know, Matt Boyd goes. Uh, I wasn't too upset with it. The two singles were just kind of where infielders just barely weren't. And then the third one was literally like basically a swinging bunt, just a BABIP kind of slow roller. Um, and he got out of it, which is the most important thing, but, um, which, but that definitely also spiked the pitch count, uh, for whatever that's worth as well. So just like consistently deep counts against him, solid swing and miss stuff will always have good strikeout numbers, just really lacks efficiency. And, uh, he, he, you know, most, not most importantly, but, uh, has always, always, always given up a lot of home runs that has been. One of the biggest knocks against Matthew Boyd in his entire major league career is he has always had a insane tendency to give up a lot of homers. And this one was certainly no different Two home runs against, but they were solo shots, uh, solo shots. They teach you solo home runs won't kill you. That, that's what they teach you. So, uh, and in this one, they didn't. So good to see there. Um, yeah, super on brand, but uh, went out there, took care of business. And, uh, you know, as far as the good goes, I think there was some good to take out of this outing. Like I said, pitch mix and whatever. But uh, and then on the flip side, the bad, we, we it's not anything new. We, we kind of already know what the, the bad is for Matthew Boyd. And this was kind of on par with what we're used to uh, on negative outings. So, yeah, solid start. Winning pitcher. We'll take it. Right. We'll take it. Um, let's talk about the offense. Where do we even start? Let's start with Riley Green. Let's just get this brouhaha out of the way. He goes 0 for 4 with a walk and a horrible base running error. There really isn't even too much to say as far as this goes. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to say that I haven't already said about a million different base running errors this season. Like, it's insane to reach this point where I don't have words on April 24th. We're not even into May yet in the season. And I'm already at a point where I'm like, I don't know what else to tell you guys, but I guess we're here. It's unacceptable. It's absolutely infuriating. uh, Especially when it's like not an isolated incident as far as the team goes. And like, if Mayton doesn't save the day, Like, we're legitimately talking about uh, another loss in which this team didn't have timely hitting, couldn't score any runners they got on base, even though they had a boatload of base runners. And that moment would have been the highlighted big standout moment from the ballgame. But Nick Maton did save the day, didn't he? He did. We'll talk about that right after I tell you all about our friends over at so rare our new sponsor so rare very very cool uh we've talked about it a little bit before but it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all 30 mlb teams it's unlike any other fantasy platform so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience you can collect buy sell and compete with player cards against global competitions to win epic rewards, win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards, and you can then access next-level competitions and rewards. It's awesome. They've also partnered with Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, certain you see in the ads on TV with the two of them in it. 
it really is this this brand new cool thing that I think is absolutely fascinating. Uh, giving it a try has been uh, a, a treat and a, and a trip and a half, but it's super super cool, and I love trying to kind of figure out figure it out because it's really new to everybody. Um, games happen twice weekly and a span of a three to four day cycle. So there's a game of kind of in the beginning of the week and then there's the weekend series of games kind of like just fantasy baseball type of setup in that regard um yeah very cool so head to so rare.com slash locked on that's spelled s-o-r-a-r-e.com to draft your team of free player cards set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards again that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Let's talk about this offense, uh, what went right and what went wrong. Uh, Javi with two hits and a walk in this one, hit walking at a higher clip than we're used to. It's very early. It's very early. We're going to wait and see how sustainable that truly is. But he objectively has been walking uh, at a pretty decent clip as of late, which is uh, surprising to say the least, but I will gladly take it. And then two hits in this one as well on base three times. Really good. He, what is that? A nine, eight, nine game hit streak for him. So I think he's gotten a hit in every game he's played in since getting benched. I think he's close to around there. Uh, regardless, very, very solid. He's been hitting the ball a little bit better. Now that I think about that, I don't think that's true. I feel like he maybe went over. I'm not just going to sit here and stare and think about it. Regardless, he's been hitting better since getting benched. Um, still waiting on like the power to show up that we paid for. Still would love to see that. But uh, based on what we saw the first two weeks of the season, this is certainly a step in the right direction that I think we'll all take at this point. Nick Maton saves the day. I think the bunt was really smart uh, there in his first A-B. They gave him the line. I don't know why, you know. We, we talked about in the shift era where that's, oh, the shift is gone. It's still kind of around. It's just not as dramatic as it was. Uh, but that's also a different conversation for a different day. Uh, but they gave him the line, and he took it. Like, and a dude that was 0 for 23 or hitless in his last 23 at-bats uh, or, or 24 at-bats, something like that, when he went up to the plate to just give him the line, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take a bunt all day. What are we talking about? That's Yeah, gladly. Um, and so why not? And then we've said so many times so far this season, he tries to get himself in counts where he knows he's going to see a heater because he knows he crushes fastballs. And I think that that strategy is, is fine sometimes, and it's going to work counts and he's going to get a, a lot of pitches per at bat, which I love. And I'm sure the front office loves, but you, he needs to make adjustments. He needs to be able to hit non-fastballs better. We talked about that with Kerry Carpenter as well, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but it is a skill to be able to, to work that count and be like, okay, I'm just going to force this dude to throw me a heater and then be sitting all over it. And that's exactly what he did. And, yeah, he crushed a baseball upper deck, a three-run homer, and is, is probably the reason we won this ball game on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so very, very we'll, – we'll take it. I feel like I've said we'll take it a million times, um, but after a four-game losing streak, we will take it. Like, that is kind of my mindset at the moment. 
Kerry Carpenter 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. His batting average is now 207 on the season, and his OPS is 712. I think it was in the mid or even high 800s, like less than a week ago, like heading into the Baltimore series maybe even, somewhere around there, end of last week. Uh, so we talked about it a lot yesterday. If you want the in-depth kind of breakdown of why his numbers are falling, definitely go tune in and, and find the spot in which we talked about it yesterday. Um, but he needs to adjust and be able to hit non-fastballs because so far he has not proven to any extent that he can hit change-ups or breaking balls at the major league level. So the scouting report's out. He's not going to get a lot of fastballs anymore unless they're at his eyes, and he needs to be able to adjust if he wants to keep doing damage. Okay? Zach McKinstry with a steal and a hit and was solid defensively, had a nice play there at second base. Uh, Zach McKinstry continues to, over the last week and a half, two weeks, dare I even say, be one of the like better players on this team. I'm not sure if that's really a testament to him or the team. But truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, as we love to say. Uh, but he's been solid. And, and again, he should probably be in the lineup against every single right-handed pitcher that the Tigers face for the foreseeable future. Eric Haas with a hit and a walk. Great to see. Need that bat from last year. Need that bat. Need that power from last year. Desperately, this team needs some power. Nick Maton, his home run uh, was, le- I almost said league leading. Goodness, that's not even close to true. Team leading, and it's four. So uh, we could really, really use some, some power, some Eric Haas power from like, he had an OPS over 800 from June on last season. He was just so bad the first two months that, uh, his OPS ended up in the mid 700s. So could really use that. And so nice to see him. Also, Eric Haas doesn't walk too much. That was nice to see. Let's talk in generals, and then I'll send you all on your way. In generals is a weird way to say let's talk, generally speaking. Um, overall, I have two comments, really. One is very much a broken record comment that I've said about a million times already this season. We're not even a month into the year. Uh, and then one is kind of a new thing that I noticed today that I think is not really going away that I think we need to address. One is the repeat. We'll start with that. Um, uh, the approach was really solid in, in this game, I thought. as uh, Well, maybe we haven't said that every game, but um, like six walks and eight hits, that's 14 base runners. That's a pretty good day at the office in the major leagues. What is a broken record is seven left on base, one for fourth runners in scoring position. Just that's not great with 14 base runners. 14 base runners. One for fourth runners in scoring position, seven left on base. Um, but... Like, what did we talk about yesterday and a million times already this season? You can bail bail yourself out with bad, timely hitting if you have power. That is what happened tonight, thankfully. They got a power stroke from somebody, and it bailed them out. They're not going to get that every night. They don't have a 25 home run hitter on this team, I don't think. So they need timely hitting. Or, I guess, just magically, they need to hit at least one home run every game. Which I'm not sure where you're finding that in the lineup currently. So, this was great. I'm I'm never going to complain about a win. Awesome to see. Vibes are high. But, like, the problems that have remained didn't just, like, disappear for a game. And that's why we won. Well, I guess the lack of power one did. But the inability to hit with runners in scoring position and the inability to drive in base runners was still very prevalent. 14 base runners. One homer saved the day. 
Um, so yeah. Uh, and like, again, 80 pitches against their starter in five innings. Good. He had like three or four walks to his name. Like good. Uh, the last reliever they threw out there had two or three walks. Good. Had hits against pretty much everybody that came into the game was, was, was really like some effective at bats there, but timely hitting is is the reason that you win or lose baseball games. And this team just so far this year has not shown the ability to have really any remotely timely hitting. The other thing, and this is the last point we'll make before I send you off on your Tuesday, is base stealing. Um, guess what? Hate to break it to y'all, but when you can't prove that you can consistently score runners, you're kind of forced to steal more bases. Especially... In the current era of baseball, with the new rules this season making stealing uh, not incentivized, but encouraged and easier. So my point is, like, we're going to get thrown out probably more than you or I would like. Especially for the foreseeable future until they, you know, in mid-May, if they just magically start hitting with runners in scoring position and start hitting homers, then, like, they won't as much. But, like... what did they go like three for 30 or something absurd with runners in scoring position in the Baltimore series over the course of a, a, of a three game set. Like you can't just sit back and let that happen and just go like, Oh, well, if it figures itself out, it figures itself out. If it doesn't, then like, I guess we're just hose. Like you, you have to try something and that's going to be stealing bases. So like Eric Haas stole a base and got thrown out by about 90 feet in this game. That's going to happen. Like buckle up, like if, and and I I don't disagree with it. You have to, you have to try something. You have to put pressure on the base paths. You have to run more aggressively. We saw the Matt Beerling tag up the other day in in the Baltimore series. Like you 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 have to. If you're not going to hit, you have to run. Zach McKinstry had a nice little swim move on his stolen base. Um, didn't lead to anything because Akil Badu struck out immediately after, but. Um, he's a conversation for maybe tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to break down Akil Badu's recent performance. It has not been very good. I don't think I gave uh, quite the time necessary on yesterday's show about how awful his play was in left field in the series finale against Baltimore, and he hasn't really been doing much at the plate. But um, regardless, this is about base running, and uh, I, I think that that is something that we're going to have to get used to the risk-reward of stealing bases because – you're putting you're rocking a hard place, man. Like that's where you're, you're, you're forcing yourself to be this summer uh, unless you can start scoring some runners. And I feel like I, I've, I've said this already a million times in this episode and throughout the season. And I don't just want to get on here and say the same thing, but like I'm trying to find different angles to really word the same issue. And I think that this is a glaring one that not an issue necessarily if they aren't getting thrown out, but it's something that, that, we're going to have to get used to really, really, probably overly aggressive base running if this team just isn't going to score runs. And it's going to be frustrating, and you're going to go, well, what the heck? We had runner on first one out. Now we have nobody on two outs. Doesn't that seem counterintuitive? Yeah, but when the next two hitters are nearly a guaranteed fly out to right and a strikeout, you got to do what you got to do. So... We'll see how that develops. Um, uh, uh, again, I, I, I'm not sure they're just going to like steal everybody. And uh, I'm not sure you're going to see like eight stolen base attempts a game. Like there's still timely and situational awareness there. Um, but it was something I noticed in this game that I, I don't think is going anywhere. 
if they don't figure out how to score runners that they put on base. Okay? Cool. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Shout out to the everydayers, as we always say, that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow recapping, hopefully, a series win over the Milwaukee Brewers. Why not us mentality? Uh, we have Willie Peralta and Freddie Peralta. And... Um, Eric Lauer, I think, are the two pitchers we have left to face in this series. So, um, yeah, two pitchers that are not bad. Peralta especially is pretty darn good at his job. So uh, we'll see if we can steal another game over the next two days. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything, from T-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets, and of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry Collection, or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.